your weekly inspirational hit of solid advice and life stories coming to you to help you rebuild from rock bottom. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Beautiful Not Broken. Firstly, I just wanted to call out everyone that listens and say thank you. I know I do it every week, but I really wanted to just really thank you. It means a lot that you're here. There's actually a lot of you. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't keep doing what I'm doing if there wasn't people out there that are reaching out to me and thanking me. And, you know, that I didn't think that there was a message here that needed to be heard. And I hope that you continue to reach out, say thank you, or that you, you know, tell other people that you know about this podcast. I try and show up consistently for you guys and always deliver what's been on my mind, the lessons that I've learned, and hopefully you can take some gems from yourselves. I try and get people on this podcast that I think can help you on this journey from rock bottom because we've all been there. No one has avoided rock bottom in their lives, I don't think. And if you have, congrats, cool. But thanks for listening anyway, because you're going to need these things when it hits you. Because at one point in our lives, I think most of us feel like we've lost our way or we don't know what the path is or we don't know what the next right move is. And it's in those moments that just action helps, right? That one step forward. And that's what I want this podcast to be is like you listen to it and you know, walking away from it, that you know, the action that you need to take that day. Cause every single, we can slip in and out of this. Like today, for instance, I was out walking the dog and I was like, I just feel a bit lost. I was like, you know, today I am feeling like kind of sluggish and down and just, just a bit lost. I think it's because I ate chocolate. <laughs> not joking. I think it's because I overate chocolate. But I have this thing about where I do believe chocolate actually ruins my mood. But that's a whole other podcast. Feeling a bit sluggish today and feeling like, what is the purpose of my life? What am I doing? You know, why am I not making the next moves that I know I need to be making? What's stopping me from doing that? And sometimes in life, we know the move that we need to make. We know what we've got to do and we just don't do it. We don't have the hard conversations or, you know, we avoid what we know is good for us. And it's like, why? So this podcast is a place where you can tune in and reflect from my words as to what are you avoiding in your life or, you know, what's making you feel down or what are the things that you can say, oh yeah, Beck, I totally resonate with that. I'm feeling you, you know, and even reaching out to me and saying, hey, this is what I did. You know, like this is a place for collaboration. That's why I get people on the show to try and help you guys through different scenarios that are going to pop up in all of our lives because there's similarities. We're all human, right? And Actually, some really, <laughs> I've been watching two things lately. I've been re-watching One Tree Hill, which if you've never watched One Tree Hill, I think it's one of the most wholesome TV shows of our time <laughs> or of my time. It was such a great coming of age TV show and it had so much wisdom within it that I actually think it helped me through my life in a big way. You know, there's so many great quotes in it. Hey, look, I don't like Lucas. Just putting it out there. <laughs> and if you've watched it, don't send me hate. Okay. Stop. Don't send me hate. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm putting it out there publicly. Didn't really like Lucas the third time around watching it. Actually, this is probably more like the 10th time, but I always find watching One Tree Hill, I go into these deep reflective states. And then I've also started watching this other really great show called Alone, which you can watch on SBS On Demand. I'm not being paid to plug this show, I should say, but it's this really great show where these guys go out into the wilderness and they're given 10 objects and pretty much the winner is just the last man standing. So you, you're given a satellite phone and you can tap out at any time. You're so isolated. There's no camera crew. You have to record yourself. You have to survive off the land. And yeah, you've got these 10 essential items that you choose. So they chose which items they wanted to take with them from a list and they have to survive. I won't ruin it for you. 
but there's a really great character in it, Alan. Alan really sums up life. And he's got these absolute amazing words of wisdom that I just think that everyone should watch the show just to get some Alan in their world. His opera singing is also fantastic. And to be honest, if I was on the show, I'd find myself doing that same thing too. (laughs) Because I do like to think I'm an opera singer. I often pull it out for Alfie. He does not appreciate it. Uh, He hates my singing and dancing, in case anyone was wondering. But yeah, if you've not watched the show, highly recommend it just for this really great deep insight that all of these men get from being stuck in the wilderness. And actually, it's a true reflection on how blessed we are with the lives that we're given and the basic things that we take for granted day in, day out. So after you've watched it, you'll never look at food the same again, (laughs) I think. And I'd love to know, you know, these guys' mental states after they come out of this isolation. Anyway, we're five minutes into the show and I haven't even got to today's topic, but highly recommend watching One Tree Hill and Alone if you've not watched them. Totally binge-worthy and some really great lessons about life. I love that with TV shows. Teach me something about life. Don't just entertain me. Give me something that I can take away and be like, wow, that is profound. So today's topic is because I always try to bring something really fresh to you guys that's on my mind and happened. And over the weekend, I competed in my first triathlon. Now, compete is a loose term. There's no other real way to like, I guess, talk about what it was that I did. So compete is the word that comes up. I was not competing. My goal was to finish. Look, I'd signed up in February this year, which now in hindsight, I realized was only two months ago. But prior to that, I'd been talking about doing a triathlon. I bought the bike. I I just hadn't signed up to one yet. And then I signed up to this one in February, uh, right before I ended up buying my place, like literally the week before I bought my place. Then I moved, then I went on that holiday and then I got really sick. So I'd signed up to do this standard triathlon, which is a 1.5K swim, 40K bike ride and a 10K run. In, In practice, I could do the bike and the run I didn't do the full distance of the bike, to be fair. I was doing like 25Ks. And anyone that knows me, because I actually have an episode on Beautiful Not Broken about learning to ride a bike, because as an adult, I'd never done it. So for me, doing a triathlon was this huge feat of overcoming my fear of open water swimming, which I have a huge fear of it. I'm terrified of water that I can't see the bottom of and feeling alone in the ocean. I think that it's a very normal fear to be like scared of the ocean. I think most people probably do have a certain fear of the ocean and we should because it is a force of nature that we really can't control. We shouldn't try to control it. It's this beautiful body and, you know, I love our ocean, but I'm also very aware it's an incredibly dangerous place, not just because of sharks, but because of rips, because of, you know, like you can drown really easily. We, we, we are water animals, but not really. <laughs> like we taught ourselves to swim and, you know, there's people out there that are a lot better at it than others. And so I've really been teaching myself. I was a big swimmer when I was younger. I was heaps into swimming. My sister always said, you had the body for a swimmer. You should have been doing it. But open water swimming is a whole other game to swimming in a pool. You've got the currents. You've got being smashed in the face by waves. And you've also got being smashed in the face by all your competitors, right? So it's a really big, challenging place to be. People, the last time I went open water swimming prior to Cold Classic in Feb and, you know, doing this one on the weekend was actually in the Great Barrier Reef where I had two tourists try and drown me. Literally, this woman grabbed onto me and was pushing me under. She was screaming at me. It wasn't even choppy. But anyway, she obviously couldn't swim and had gone on a swimming tour knowing that she couldn't swim. So, you know, I had a genuine fear of the open water for good reason. And, you know, 
it was what it was. I'm a strong swimmer, but I had no confidence in myself and my swimming. Also because, you know, the last two times I had ocean water swam, I'd been on reefs and it's really easy on a reef to get kind of stuck, right? So I had my ex screaming at me the whole time I was swimming. Not telling me I was shit, but there was definitely a, a hint in his voice that was not encouraging. And he was a strong swimmer because he'd spearfished and done all of this stuff. So he was a lot stronger in open water than I ever was. But instead of encouraging me to get better, he, he wasn't great in that space of let's train you up to be good. And rather, he'd just make me jump in the deep end and then yell at me when I didn't do well. So I had this fear of open water swimming. I couldn't ride a bike. And I thought, if I do a triathlon, you know, I'm a runner, so it should be fine. And I've overcome... I'll overcome this huge fear of the bike thing and the swim thing. And wow, I'm going to feel so good when I'm finished. And I knew what I was up against. I knew that I picked a standard distance, right? So 1.5K swim, 40K bike ride, 10K run, huge. And I knew that I'd be out in the field for three hours easily, especially with how slow I was on the bike. And I knew my run, I could probably get it done in under an hour, if not an hour, maybe an hour and 10 max. The swim, I had no idea what 1.5Ks would take me. In the pool, it was taking me about 40 minutes to do 2Ks. So, you know, I was hoping that I could get that 1.5 under half an hour. So I knew I'd be out there for ages. I was getting my nutrition right. My training was doing well. And then life happened. I got so busy. I got sick. And I was like, I can't do this. I had flashbacks to 2021 when I'd done the trifecta and I literally ran myself dry. I had nothing left in the tank after my trifecta. It had been, I'd been being smashed emotionally, separating from my ex, dealing with lawyers every single day, having to overcome lies that were being thrown my way about the separation and about the fact that we were apparently friends when we bought our house and like all of this shit that I was having to overcome every single day. It was not only mental because I was having to remember the past and bring it up. It was also emotional because I was still so upset and hurt by what was happening. And then I decided to just, you know, slam my body with this epic training regime in three weeks to get ready for this half marathon, 10K run and 5K run. And look, I did it and I killed it. I did so well. I was 38 seconds off my time for the the half marathon. And that was a win for me. I was like, I, I did it. I didn't honestly believe I could run that three days in a row. And I thought to myself, I can't do what I did to myself last year because I can't go another month without training at all because I have smashed myself this much. So I told everyone, I went to my, you know, everyone online and said on my Instagram story and said, yeah, look, I'm not doing that triathlon. That was what I came out and said. And, you know, even though I'd been telling everyone I was doing it and I just overcame this shame from the fact I wasn't going to do it because I was like, well, I'm not going through that again. And I was so proud of how well I came up with that solution and didn't let other people's opinions affect me. because I was like, I haven't let anyone down by saying I'm not doing this triathlon except myself because I wasn't doing it for anyone else. I was doing it purely for me. And then I sat on that and I marinated on it. I had a few weeks and I was like, like I could do the sprint in my head. And then I went to my family and I said, oh, I've emailed them and I've asked them if I can switch to the sprint. I don't know if they're going to let me. And of course they did because heaps of people have been pulling out because of COVID. And I guess these days events aren't selling out that quickly because of the whole COVID thing and because, you know, people are probably still a bit nervous about events. So they switched me to the sprint and I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I went and bought my uniform in secret. I started sort of mentioning it to people. And then I started doing a few little last minute training sessions because I knew I'd left it to the 11th hour to get ready for this thing. And on Sunday I rocked up. And man, like the thing about me before events is 
on Saturday, I was in a foul mood. I get into this place where I can't be spoken to because I don't want to, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about what I have to face and I'm scared and I'm terrified and I don't know if I can do it. And, you know, I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to drown. I don't want to disappoint myself. All of these things. And Sunday, I was so nervous before it. And the thing about nerves are, it's because we care. It's because we care about the outcome and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that it's perfectly fine to be nervous before we do something. I think it's natural and I think it's exciting to be nervous. It's exciting to be scared because it doesn't mean we give a shit about what we're doing. If we weren't scared and we weren't excited and we weren't nervous, it means that we're not following the things that we want to be doing in our lives. Everything should scare us a little bit. If you're not feeling a bit scared regularly, ask yourself why. (laughs) I scare myself all the time and I love it. It's good. But on Sunday, I got down to that starting line and I ended up giving the girls around me a pep talk because they were all like, oh my God, can't do this. I didn't train. I didn't practice. I said, self-talk girls. I said, we're going to freaking smash this. We're going to kill it. And suddenly everyone changed. They're like, yeah, you know, it's not about the time we get. It's just about getting it done. It's about the fact that we're here to have fun. It was a beautiful day. The water was gorgeous. I got out in the water. I was terrified. Got halfway out and I was like, shit, I could drown. But I'm not going to drown. There's people everywhere. There was a few bottlenecks where like you were hitting people and whatever. It was fine. I couldn't get into my rhythm and my swim well, but I still had fun. And that was what mattered. I got out of the water feeling a million bucks. I was like, yes, swim done onto the bike, which I've been terrified about, ran up the thing, got into the transition, put my helmet on so, so I didn't get disqualified, got ready for the bike, went out on the bike and I was smashing it. I was going so fast. Yes, I felt fear. There was hills, there was downhills, there was tight turns, there was traffic, there was over overtaking people, there was all that stuff, but I loved it. The bike ride actually ended up being my funnest funnest part of the whole thing. Then I got back into transition. Before I knew it, I was like, wow, I'm off the bike. I'm done. Then I got to just do the run. The run should be easy. Now, interestingly enough, the girl that calls herself a runner, and I try not to attach that label to myself, but I do, disappointed herself so hard on the run. I ended up walking about 200 meters of it, which for me just feels like I failed. And I've had to really sit with that. When I finished, I was like, I can't fucking believe I did that. I can't believe me, a runner, walked on the leg that I knew would be the easiest for me. Mentally, it should have been simple. So what's this block for me and running at the moment? And I know it exists. I love running. I love the feeling of it. But it's hard on the body and it hurts. It's really painful. And it's really painful after a swim and a bike. I crossed that finish line and I just cried. My sister was right there at the finish line, which was great. I cried and cried and cried and cried. I couldn't believe I was finished. And I was pissed off because they'd put an extra 500 metres on the run. And I really had the shits about it. But to be fair, the the bike was off by about a kilometre. So really, you know, even Stevens. But I was pissed because I was like, oh, you know, I couldn't sprint the way I, I sprinted to the end, which was great. But I hadn't done the pace I'd wanted. I was slow. I was sluggish. I'd wasted time at the drink stations. I was just pissed off at myself for how poorly I did at the run. And once the race is over, you can't redo it. You redo it next time. The conditions are different, whatever. But you can't redo that one race in time. And for me, I I was so proud of myself until I started overthinking it. And I started thinking it through and I've really had to learn this compassion because I didn't have time to train for it. 
I didn't do half of the training I should have done. My cardio is nowhere near where it needs to be. But I did a triathlon, which is so hard. You can't do a triathlon without a basic level of fitness and not under two hours. So I've had to really redefine failure for myself. And this has been a common theme in my life for the past two years. Because the ending of my marriage, the thing that I struggled with the most, and I've spoken about this several times, is the shame of the failure of the marriage. Did it mean I was a failure? Did me not running the whole of the run part of this triathlon when I'm a runner, does that that make me a failure? Not at all. And sometimes I think we really, we put such expectations on ourselves for our lives and what we want to achieve. And we forget that there's little steps to get there. We're not getting, there's no end point to life. End point is death. So, you know, let's not try and get there too quick. But the end point is that we learn through everything and redefining every single thing that we've considered a failure in our life into a lesson. Like the lesson for me is next time, don't give yourself two, like two months to get ready for a huge triathlon because there's not enough time when you've never done that before. And don't assume that being a runner means that you're going to do okay in the run leg after you've just done 20Ks on a bike. Set realistic expectations for, this, for the situations you're headed into. Did my marriage failing mean I was a failure at life or that I'm a failure at love or that I don't deserve to be loved? Not at all. That marriage coming to an end wasn't even a failure. It was just two people that weren't meant to be together. And it's kind of beautiful that we both now get our own paths to go our own way and find the people that we're right for and get a second shot at love. So it's when we redefine failure and we redefine and, and change the way that we talk to ourselves that we can really actually learn from situations and say, yeah, next time I'll do X better. Like I know my first transition in the triathlon was I was dragging ass and I couldn't tell you why. At one point, I almost felt like I was out of my body looking at myself going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You've cleaned your feet three times. What are you doing? And, you know, like it's a lesson for me. That was my first triathlon. I had no freaking idea of how stuff worked. Now I know. I can't wait for the next one. I'm going to absolutely smash it. And yes, there's the next one because I had fun. And I think this is a thing also. Nothing's a failure if we can look back and say we had fun while doing it. We learned something. Our lives considerably changed. Like my life has changed after doing a triathlon because now I can't tell people I can't ride a bike. (laughs) But also my my narrative around myself has changed because I can do hard shit. Because the head game in overcoming open water swimming and overcoming a genuine fear of bikes, like I cannot tell you how terrified of bikes I am. I actually, I can't describe in words, but imagine the thing you're most scared of. I'm that scared of bikes, okay? (laughs) And yet here I was doing an average pace of 24 kilometers per hour. And every time I looked at my watch, it was up at the 30. I was overtaking people. And yeah, like I look at my age group and I didn't come very high up. And I look at that and that's been another thing I've had to actually for the first time in my life say, yeah, at a competitive standpoint, I wasn't great. (laughs) But the other thing about triathlons is a lot of the people doing them are the super elite. They're super fit people. They've done this before. It's not their first rodeo. They know, you know, they know to wear cleats on their their bikes or they have like road bikes that are better than mine or they know how to get through transitions quicker. That was my first one. 
And yet here I am and I've spent a good portion of the last 24 hours beating myself up because I walked on a run (laughs) for 200 metres and I dicked around at a water station and I dicked around in transition. And I think the key takeaway, anyone listening to this today, I want you to take away is we need to change the narratives of how we talk about ourselves and how we define success for ourselves. Because if you had fun and you learned something, then you had a success at life. And it's really that simple. We don't always win, right? Like one of the greatest things that I heard Anamir say at the Business Chicks conference was, I had more losses than I ever had wins. So be prepared for that. This is my first triathlon. If I came first, <laughs> like I'd quit my job and go do it professionally, right? At <laughs> 34 years old. So that's what I want to leave with you today. Be kinder to yourself if you've set a a goal for yourself and you haven't been able to reach it. It doesn't mean the goal is unreachable. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean anything if you've sat down and figured out what the lesson needed to be for yourself. So redefining failure was today's little chat. And I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that you've taken something from it. And if you have, reach out and tell me what it was. Because this one's an emotional one for me because failure has has been something I've always struggled with. And I think it's something as humans, we all struggle with it. I believe one of the, the key things that humans worry about in life is failing. That's why so often we don't try something. But I say to myself now, and I said to myself on the starting line on Sunday, A, what's the worst that could happen? I'm not going to drown. <laughs> I'm not going to get eaten by a shark. I might fall off my bike. That was a real possibility. But would I die if I fell off my bike? Probably not. But if I did, well, you know, (laughs) I would hope that I wouldn't. But, you know, I wasn't going to do, I wasn't going to put myself in any situation where that was likely to happen. I knew that at the end of the day, I was as trained as I could be. It's not like I hadn't been on a bike for training. I'd prepared myself as well as I could. And I was ready. I could do it. So this is the thing. What's the worst that can happen? And what are the lessons I can learn if I don't reach that? And am I going to have fun? Because we should always aim to have fun in life. And if we're not aiming to have fun with what we're doing and we're not aiming for it to light us up and, you know, it to fulfill us, then why are we doing it? That is all for today. Thank you for listening. As I said, reach out and tell me what you took from today's episode. I would love to hear from you. And I hope that you have a really great week.